Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Manchester is Red podcast where James Robson and I are now in Miami for the final leg of the Manchester United pre-season tour and what a turbulent tour it has been, uh, James. They play Real Madrid on Tuesday night. We're, we're just slightly distracted here by the storm that's brewing above us in, in Miami but they, they play Madrid on Tuesday night and the, the chances are it's going to be another shellicking, isn't it? Well, I think this weather, it's quite apt because we've flown into Miami now for the end of this tour and it does feel like a storm's brewing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I think on every leg, it's been leading up to it, leading up to it. You know, We started off with no Sanchez, then um, various players uh, being injured and then Marshall going home and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then, then that defeat to Liverpool, that one... Um, it's only a friendly, so so who cares? But still, it's never nice to lose to Liverpool. It kind of, kind of, I think, proved Mourinho's point that Liverpool are much, much closer to being ready for the start of the season than this United team. Um, I don't know how far ahead Real Madrid are, but on the basis of what we saw yesterday, it, 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 you would worry. What was the most inflammatory thing he said after the Liverpool game? Do you think because he, I mean, there were a lot of people that the bus was so that there were so many people thrown under the bus. Pretty much toppled over with what, with what he said, um, but he picked on Marshall obviously because I, th- I think quite in fairness as well that was understandable. He's gone away. His 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 newborn son has been born. He's healthy, but he stayed away because he doesn't want to stay at United. Antonio Valencia, his um, conditioning was was just not questioned by Mourinho, just completely eviscerated by Mourinho. And then he said that Sanchez, it's understandable why, why he is looking so angry because he's surrounded by this, this dross around him, um, and which seems to be the comment that's really gone down badly with United fans because they've attributed that as a dig at the academy and it's all about, well, the academy was here long before you were. The tide's turning against Mourinho, but, but what was the most inflammatory thing? Well, it's like you say, it's hard to pick out one, isn't it? And yeah. I think that's kind of what we and all the other journalists there found afterwards. What line did you pick from it? Because there were so many You could have done ones. half a dozen or um, more, yeah. I th- you know, we've missed out there. Uh, Woodward as well, I think, um, yeah. again, he's as this tour's gone on, he's he's put the focus more on Woodward. He's, he's really sticking him in the spotlight. Uh, there's just been a little comment each time, hasn't there? Yeah. It's like, at first it was, I've no idea what's happening with transfers. Then it was, I want two, but I don't always get what I want. Yeah. In, in, and this this time it was, I gave him five names months ago. Yeah. I might get one. You know, that felt like, this really feels like he's calling out the United's Executive Vice Chairman. Um, but one that stood out for me as well was Valencia, because that came out of the blue, didn't it? You know, we weren't... The we guy weren't who's ex- just made his captain. Yeah, yeah, we, we weren't expecting that. And... You know, he's questioning his fitness. I think when you look at Valencia, he is. Um, you tend to think he takes care of himself. Let's let's say. Um, I'm just getting a little bit wet here as we uh, the, the rain is blowing in. Um, yeah, so there, there were there were quite a few. I also thought um, what he said about Bailly as well. You know, it felt almost like a backhanded yeah, compliment. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's saying that. Um, you know, look what he does for me. He does this, but he also says he's not a leader. Yeah. Well, what did you spend that money for then? And who is your leader? Because you've just bought two centre backs in the first two summers that you've been here, and we can't see a leader in any of them. 
what, what was concerning was that he, he seemed to pick out a, a group of players on this tour who were the professionals, who are giving everything, blah, blah, blah. And I think among them were Sanchez. OK, fair enough. He's played well up until the Liverpool game. Pereira has had a really good tour. And you think he should start against Leicester. Pereira, who's always been a Mourinho player, but his performance level has been great. We also picked Darmian. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, I think the Darmian one's quite strange, isn't it? Because well, he's playing him when <laughs> he wants to leave, and with you go back to Schneidlin and and, uh, and Memphis when they asked to leave, Mourinho stopped playing them because he didn't want to risk jeopardising uh, transfer by them getting injured. Yet here, Darmian is playing ninety-minute matches. Yeah, is is that a again? Is that a message towards Wood? You know, look what you've left me with. But, but, but Mourinho wanted. Dallow as the right back to come in or a full yeah. back to come in and he's out until September so he's culpable there he absolutely is but again the fact that he's playing him is, is he just trying to show look I'm down to the bare bones here I'm having to play someone who uh, wants to go who I've told can go who we're hoping to actually make a profit on and I'm having to risk him because I've just got nothing you've, you've left me with nothing on this tour um, Sometimes I think we can be guilty of reading too much into what Mourinho does, but also I also think he is the type of person who tends to do things for a reason. Yeah. As this tour's gone on, I think when we look back on it and we, we, we look at every single incident, you will probably see a picture, a picture painted that is an agenda, a message that Mourinho's tried to get across right from the start. Yeah. And the worrying thing for United fans is that message seems to be this is not going to be a good season well what we're hearing from out here from our, our contacts like, is that his mood his miserable mood uh, is attributed to what the, 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 the transfer inactivity if you like um, on that is, is Woodward solely to blame well it's hard to know who's solely to blame because we, we don't know the ins and outs of every deal do we but I think from managers I think that the way they see it is I give you a list of names you get me those Go names ahead. that's it and that always causes tension you won't find a club in the world where that even at City who've got all the money in the world you know Guardiola's lost two midfielders he wanted in, in the past six, yeah. seven months yeah. Yeah, it happens everywhere but I, I can I've got a lot of sympathy for Mourinho because it's no secret that he needed a lot of players this summer he was saying that back in uh, when was it they lost the City? December, was it, the, the first well, derby? Yes, yeah. you know, Straight after that, he was saying that we're going to have to spend the sort of money City is spending. United knew that. They knew that when he gave them a new contract. You know, yeah. This isn't just he's thrown it on them in this summer. Oh, oh guys, you know, we, we might need to strengthen. Yeah. They know it. You know, what, I don't understand they can get into the last two weeks of a window uh, still needing two major signings. That is just crazy. And if they were to get two signings for those positions it looks like it's a forward and a central defender I mean it, it's, it's dependent on who who those players are but if they do get those players do they suddenly become title challenges because the mood is that negative at the moment it seems like it would be a minor miracle to turn it all the way around and somehow win the league yeah it's yeah it, it, it's hard to it's hard to say if it would make them title challenges um like said, they're going to have to be spectacular signings and the more we're looking at it it looks like they're probably not going to be spectacular signings doesn't it you know if you'd have said at the end of last season United are going to sign Maguire as the centre back I don't think United fans would have been it would have been much approval no, you know, no. I, I think he's a really good player and I think he's something he'll bring something United don't have in terms of his composure on the ball but 
you would say that just a couple of months ago, before the World Cup, he wouldn't be your first choice centre-back. Um, if they sign Perisic, again, United fans weren't excited about that last summer. I know he's had a good World Cup, but even still, you can understand if they're a little bit underwhelmed. And if it ends up being Rebic, that seems like a great the dad guy from Perisic, doesn't the it? The guy from, is it, does he play for Eintracht Frankfurt? Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah. And who, again, before the World Cup... Nobody had heard of. No. So, but, but this is where Mourinho, you know, he, this is where he knows more than us. He knows the weaknesses in his team that he desperately needs to, to fill. And maybe if he does that, I think something he can be excited about is, is the midfield. I think he's finally got a midfield that with his, if he's got his Matic, Fred and Pogba, that should be comparable to anything in the Premier League, I would think. Really? Well, they've got to be on form as well. <laughs> you, you know, you've got to hope it's Pogba at the World Cup and not Pogba at Tottenham last last year. Yes. But I, no, I think that's got the right balance. I think that could be a really good midfield. Do you think United will sign two more players before deadline day? I do. I do. Don't ask me why. I just I, I think Mourinho is kicking up such a stink that that the pressure is on to do it. So I do think he will get them in. Um, whether they are his first choice. I don't know. I think, look, I think we would probably say Alderweireld and Bale would have probably been the first choice. And if United had a summer where they bought Alderweireld and, and Bale, you'd say, "Wow, that yeah, is a, that's, that's that's a statement." Yeah. And instead, it might be Maguire and Rebic, and you know that. You're not going to win the league with those well, players. You're not going to even challenge for the league well, with those look, you players. Know, we don't think look, Leicester won the league with, uh, with yeah. a load of players. No one would have thought would win the league. So we dismiss that as a complete anomaly. I think we, we probably can, but you know, if they if they solve real problems in his squad, then it might just make all the difference, even if they're not the, the thrilling names that fans would like. Yeah, and this uh, this tour de farce is continuing because just emerged there will not be a United pre-match press conference. Oh, you on, just uh, had that message, right? Okay. On um, on Monday, so Mourinho won't have another chance to have mm. a dig at Woodward or, or provide a coded message on that, uh, which is unfortunate for us and unfortunate for supporters because they they like to be kept uh, updates on that. But he will, I imagine, do a post-match press conference. It's unfortunate for the organisers as well because um, you know they want him to be advertising and promoting this, and so far. He's done nothing but throw a wet blanket over it. Well, he, he said that the hundred thousand people who turned up at the big house should, should, shouldn't have spent their money on that. Um, it, I mean, we, we both had, I suppose, it, it feels it feels bad saying the misfortune because there were so many perks to this job, but it, it was a misfortune to go on that China tour uh, two years ago. Has this been as bad as that? No. No, because at least they've had games here, haven't they? Yeah. They've got the games in. That was that was disastrous talk. Yeah. They played played one game. What was that? They had a really frightening flight, didn't they? Where did, yes, did have to bad flight then to have an emergency landing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the farce at the Birchester Arena. So you know this this isn't that. And Mourinho's got what he what he actually wants from these tours, which is that long stay in LA, UCLA. That's what he cares about most. So to that extent, no. However, he's not had any of the players that he wants to work with. That, yeah. So that makes it a bit of a disaster, uh, and it's just been one problem after another. It started with Sanchez, not not even making yeah. a flight, and it, uh, Marshall going home and an injury with, uh, with Matic. We found out yesterday's had a, a, a abdominal surgery. surgery yeah. You know, Valencia's um, gone home. Valencia's got injured while out here. Smalling picked up an injury. Uh, Luke Shaw's got an injury. You know, it really. You look back, and this will be a memorably bad tour. 
Looking ahead to the Leicester game, what do you think the starting eleven could be for that game? Because I mean, a lot could change between now and then. They've, they've got a couple more friendlies. They've got Madrid here in Miami. They've got Bayern Munich at the Allianz Arena on Sunday. But I mean, he, he said that Jones and Rashford are coming back, but that's not really going to fill supporters with much confidence. When, with all due respect to Rashford, when he is fully fit, he, certainly for most of last season, he didn't he didn't cut it as the main striker. Well, I think. Um I think he's going to have to back down on some of the things he said. I think he's going to have to give those World Cup players. He's going to have to, going to, have yeah. to involve them. Uh, we know that he wants them to come back early. Like he said, a few already have, but he'd like Pogba and Lukaku and the bigger names to come back. If they do, great. Um, but if not, I think he's still got to consider it. Um, what I would say is, from what we've seen here, there's a good chance he'll play with a two-man forward line, um, and maybe that could be where where Rashford will come in. Maybe play Rashford alongside. Um, Sanchez. Sanchez. Sanchez looked good in the front too, hasn't he? Yeah. So you could see that. Um, you could see him playing with a back three, even though I think that's looked pretty dodgy to, to say the least. And that that would be Jones by Lindelof, maybe. Is is? I mean, again, we're in Dane. We're at the risk of reading too much into it. Is even something like the back three experiment a co- another code message to Woodward to say? I'd like to play this way, but I clearly do not have the quality of centre-backs to get away with it. Go and sign me Toby Alderweireld, go and sign me Harry Maguire, who, of course, both two players who played in back threes at the World Cup. Yeah, I think there is that, again. Yeah. But you, you also wonder with these things, Edward, is, Edward isn't stupid, is it? So, you know, no, he's, he's... Well, cert- certainly um, on the business side, he's... he's Kind of, you know, United have gone from having fewer sponsors than Leon in 2005 to setting the setting the benchmark for official tyre sponsors and noodle sponsors and whatnot. And I would think that he can also see through what are some pretty blatant messages. So, yeah, Mourinho says, "Look, I want to play about three, but I haven't got the players to do it." Well, what if two of those back three are Fosu Mensa and Tuanzebi? He was never ever going to play about three of those. No. So surely Woodward, who will have other people he talks to, they'll be thinking, "Well, this would never be about three anyway." Yeah. yeah. And, and Woodward could justifiably say, "Last year we signed Victor Lindelof. Why have you only started him once with Eric Bailly?" Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He could also say, "Last the last two seasons you spent on two centre backs. Why am I spending on another centre back now?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Mourinho could uh, likewise. Say, well, look how much Pep Guardiola spent on centre yeah. in that time. Look how much uh, Jurgen Klopp spent on centre Virgil van Dijk, you yeah. know, Jurgen Klopp spent more on one than, than Mourinho has on two. Uh, Guardiola, not far off with um, when, you, when you think it was what it was uh, 50, odd, 40, 50 million for the Stones virtually, yeah. and then uh, then virtually 60 million for uh, for Laporte. So, well, City have what broken the record for fullback. Liverpool have broken the record for a centre back. They've broken the record for a goalkeeper. Those United's probably their main rivals coming into this season. So surely Mourinho is entitled to say, look, you've got to be spending at that level now. I think he is, and he also he can also say, I'm playing with two converted wingers as fullbacks. As well, yeah. you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm looking with an eye to the future by signing this kid Dallow. I might not even be around for when he when he reaches his, his, reaches his. There's a good chance of that, I think, at this rate. Yeah, um, you know, to, it, Mourinho, Mourinho to say, look, I'm doing my part, but I need some some big big money in the right areas. He's been given it in midfield. That's one thing you would say. You know, United broke the record for a midfielder. 
um, and he spent what well, it's close to 200 million I think on, um, on three, mid, three central midfielders yes yeah. so he's been given it there um, I, with the centre backs I wonder if maybe I'd like to know who was behind that is it Mourinho being thrifty or was it Mourinho being told look if you want to spend 90 million on Paul Pogba then you're only going to get 30 for Eric Bay. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't know um, going back to the Liverpool game it was quite quite fascinating a way to actually just I mean it was, it was a great stadium great occasion um, must have been possibly maybe a few more Liverpool supporters in terms of uh, the overall capacity of it I thought the loudest cheer was for Pereira's goal though yes well it was, it was it was a hell of a goal you had a lot of neutrals there so there was appreciation mm. for that um, but sorry you, you're probably hearing that the rain has come down quite uh, heavily now on Miami Beach but in terms of being present, just being around um, journalists who are dealing with Liverpool, the Liverpool club website, uh, seeing Liverpool, feeling the mood around them. These are two clubs who their moods are the polar opposite of each other, and that mood surely is only dictated by the transfers. Okay, Liverpool had a very um, captivating end to last season, but they still won nothing. They've won one trophy in the last 10 years but there's no doubt they're on the up and up so I mean Mourinho's question has got to be how can a club that don't have the commercial revenue that United have have 20,000 fewer seats in their stadium why are United not matching their spending I think it's got he would have a justifiable argument there as well I think he would say look it's all down to support because we might look and say well, Mourinho is being really negative. He's bringing the place down. Klopp's really positive, and he's he's lifting everyone's moods. But I would imagine Mourinho would say, "Well, look, if I was treated the same way as Klopp, I'd I'd be lifting the mood as well." You know, if, yeah. if I had a board who was saying, "Right, we're going to make a real push for the title this year. Here's all this money. Go and go and buy who you want. Go and address every single fault line in your squad." Which is essentially what Klopp's done. And his mood wasn't a problem last year, Mourinho, was it? No, no, I don't think it was. I think, well, I think people think he's a bit... He can be glum at times. Well, I think that's just, just his way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's more to it this time. I think he genuinely, genuinely feels like he's being shorthanded in terms of having any hope of winning the title. And what we know about Mourinho is the winner. Right? Yeah. And he's... He's happy if he wins, and if he's not given, if he already feels like before he's even started, he's not got a chance of winning. Then that's why we're going to get what we're getting at the moment, which is a very miserable marine. Do you sense as well that it's a reputational thing? Because even though there are definite issues with Woodward and the the lack of direction and the inactivity on the transfer front. Mourinho has spent enough for it to be his reputation on the line. He's spent over three hundred million pounds at United already. Yeah, well. I, I take that argument and this is the problem for him I, I suppose yeah. that he sees people are going to say oh I've spent all this but it is all relative isn't it you know it, I think for instance Pep Guardiola came into a uh, a much stronger squad you know Mourinho's mentioned it himself he had, he had Silva De Bruyne Aguero uh, Fernandinho you know, he had Raheem Sterling yeah. he had the core of that team that's gone and been so good and he's managed to add to that um, I know he Guardiola often points to the fact he didn't buy the 90 million, but Guardiola has just, he's got a squad full of players who are about 40, 50 million pounds every single player, and that is that is extreme spending that United haven't done 
ever, have they? No. Um, I think Guardiola was probably helped by the fact he came into a side that had a load of players out of contract, so he could he could ship them all out within a year. Whereas Marino came into a side with a load of players who were on big contracts, who were long past it, and he's had to try to get them out. And he's done well actually, getting rid of a load of them and making the club money on them. I think it's been a bigger job for him. Um, and the 300 million hasn't touched the sides. And what doesn't help him though is things like Mkhitaryan. Yeah. When you buy a player like Mkhitaryan and you're selling him, it doesn't help when you buy two centre backs and you're still saying I need a centre back. It doesn't help when he's not getting the best out of Pogba. Yeah. yeah. So you know there are two sides to this, but um, yeah, I, I don't think 300 million pounds is enough. Yeah. United are going to be doing business between now and the Premier League deadline we'd imagine and also probably the FIFA deadline of um, 31st of August a quick, quick fire uh, on these players should they sell Rojo yes Darmian yes Marshall no why, why shouldn't they sell a player who clearly doesn't want to be there well, we've discussed this, you and I, haven't we? Um, I, and I suspect my feelings are the same as United's board, is that you just can't let go of a player of that sort of talent. Um, and look, we don't, who can sit here and say that Mourinho's going to be here in a year's time? And if Mourinho's not here in a year's time, Marshall could become a star of United. Well, we, we, I think we... We spoke about it last week because he's been very reluctant to uh, eulogise Paul Pogba like everyone else has been, um, apart from Graham Zunis, of course. But you, you get to the point where you think, in a year's time, can you even see Pogba and Mourinho being at United together? As in both of them? Yeah. Well, yeah, you doubt it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I think this is why there could be a bit of friction between Mourinho and the board because... They, they're probably thinking beyond Mourinho and Mourinho's thinking about the here and now being, here and now and being successful here and now you know what, what I just said before about the players Guardiola inherited at City well Mourinho's successor provided he doesn't get to sell off the players that we think he wants to sell could inherit a really good squad Mourinho's successor theoretically could inherit Pogba, Lukaku, Marshall, Luke Shaw you know good top young players David De Gea yeah. you know that next manager might be saying all, all I needed to do was buy a couple of things in and around it and do I had a title winning side do, do you think just for argument's sake Pochettino would be getting more out of these players Marshall yes Marshall I do yeah. Luke Shaw Luke Shaw yes yeah. I do I do um, but and I'm a fan I'm a fan of him I think he's a I think he's a brilliant manager and I personally see him as a future United manager from what I'm told people at United seem as a future United manager but he's not got anything on Mourinho as things stand you there, know. there is a bit of the continental Kevin Keegan about him but, yeah. while he's still trophyless anyway yeah I, mean, I think he's wonderful I think he's played wonderful football but you know they probably should have won the title when Leicester won it yeah um, and then last season, well, they were a mile off United. Yeah. A mile off United. And Mourinho's getting loads of stick, and Pochettino is the, the darling of world football, isn't he? So, as much as. So, so why as I think, yeah, there are players at United that Pochettino would get more out of. If Mourinho was in charge of that Tottenham squad, they win the title? Well, it's, he was a very 
different manager in 2015-16 because he got sacked during that season that Leicester no, I'm won I'm not it. on about that year I'm on about if Mourinho in, had in the here and now, now. Um, I think I think he would push them closer to a title but they, they clearly wouldn't play as expansively no no way no but that might be what would make them win the title it, it could be yeah yeah. Well, you, you saw it with France at the World Cup they were I mean I'm, t- I'm trying to you know certainly going back Italy were pretty underwhelming winners in 2006 mm-hmm. and France were a, a bit of an Italy team they were very pragmatic they were well drilled they had a brilliant spine they had you know the, the, certainly reservations about Yoris the striker Giroud um, didn't have a shot on target but certain players within that little condensed period where they could just you know, achieve immortality they did whatever it took to win it which is obviously what Pogba did and you saw him against Belgium where he was an auxiliary centre back nearly man marking Fellaini at times so what's it with something like that Mourinho's got to be peaked when he sees Pogba doing as he's told there yet when he plays him in a two-man midfield against certain teams all hell breaks loose and he's having to bring him over to the sidelines and speak to him after Tottenham was scoring and then he's being hauled off in the second half you know Mourinho alluded to it because he said Pogba within players within that period of a month where they can just focus on it it's just football 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 <clears throat> they can achieve their, their goal and it's, it's a fair comment, isn't it, for him to say to Pogba, the challenge for you now is to do that over a nine-month period. Absolutely. I, I think <coughs> his comments about Pogba have been very carefully chosen. You know, there has not just been an outright, well done, Paul Pogba, you were fantastic, yeah. this is what you deserved, you showed you the, you, you're the best midfielder in the world, or, or can be. He was more complimentary about Deschamps, wasn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and... Uh, so I can understand Mourinho probably watching Pogba at, uh, at the World Cup and thinking, you know, this is what I've wanted from you. Yeah. I've been asking you to do this for me. Why are you not doing it for me? And so I do get, and I think it was a dig. I do get his point where he's saying, yeah, well, you know, the chance to achieve immortality in the space of a month, it's a lot easier to just do a job, isn't it, when, uh, when that's the case, you know, short-term goals and that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I, I, I think he has got a point. But then I think there is also a point that it's up to the manager to get the best out of the player. So it's chicken and egg, that one, really. Yeah. Uh, as, as the tour is winding down, and, and also, unfortunately, the sun is starting to uh, come back out here, uh, I'm not sure if we'll do another one of these before we, we travel home on Wednesday. Uh, what, what is your highlight of the tour, been? As in a single moment or player or what? Moment. I've got to say, I really liked um, the big house in Ann Arbor. I thought it was amazing. It was a stadium. great stadium, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, a great area as well. Yeah. I think. Michigan. I think for United. Um, and Andres Pereira's got to be the highlight. Andres Pereira or Alexis Sanchez when he eventually turned up. You know, he, he has looked good, uh, particularly in that game against Milan. I thought that's the closest he's looked to the Arsenal Sanchez. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Pereira, he's given Mourinho really something to think about next season. You know, he, he spent all the money he spent on Fred to have that um, you know, technically gifted midfielder, and he's got one already there. That he's not, he's not cost anything. Um, and we've seen just in a few games that this he could be a really special player. Uh, and I just hope, I really hope, he gets a chance because you know, talking about someone like Pochettino. 
Nathan Pereira would get a chance. Yeah. Him. He'd be playing him and he'd be, look, let's see what you can do. Let, you know, make this position your own. And we, we spoke to Pereira briefly as well, didn't we? And he's, yeah. He's a really yeah. confident guy, you can see. He's, you know, he, had, he had the confidence to, to go against what Mourinho wanted last summer and went on, to, uh, went on low. He, he just looks, he looks the part to me, I think. It's the first time I've seen him for an extended period, and I thought, yeah, he, he could be the, the, the real spark this season. Will Scott McTominay play more matches than him this season? <laughs> well, there's every chance he will, and that that's the sort of thing that frustrates United supporters, fans, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Um, there's every chance he will, um, but. Uh, look, I, I, I like Scott McTominay as well. He's a good player. So, you know, he does a job for the team, but he's not exciting like Pereira. You know, Pereira's the sort of player who's going to get people out of their seat. You know, it's like comparing, I suppose, if you like. Um, but and Skulls when they were both coming through, you know, the, the one that gets you excited. That's a bit of a disservice to Nicky Bart to uh, to compare him with. Well, I mean, Nicky Bart was keeping Skulls out of the team and playing very yeah, well at the start yeah, as well. He was six, nine, seven. He was, but. I, Nicky Butt um, was not the type of player to get you out of your seat. No. Again, a very good player, as is Scott McTominay, but Skulls was a thrilling player, special. Yeah. And I think Pereira looks like he has the potential to be that. Yeah, and uh, the low light of the tour, if there has been one. The crowds? Yeah, the crowds have been, with the, the exception of the big house, yeah, of course. Yeah, the crowds, it's been a real... That's been a letdown, you know, being sat there... At kickoff and seeing so many empty seats. Now over here they seem to have no idea about kickoffs, so they, they wander in right away up to half time. So they have generally it's always been better than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. But it's not been a full house yet. Even even at the big house wasn't a full house, was it? Um, and other than that, that um, that flight we had here from um, from Michigan, which was uh, truly terrifying. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the turbulence was, as you said, it's always unnerving when um, the captain comes on and says, "Ladies and gentlemen, this has not been a good flight." Uh, the other low light would be our Uber driver Mel in Detroit, who I think must be a um, a poster boy for the NRA out here, but. Well, we know all about his personal life. That's we do, cool. yeah. Hopefully we won't come across uh, Merle again. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you, James, for uh, your sterling service. And the sun's just, just coming out as well. Uh, the sea is turquoise blue. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that thought in your heads there. Um, Let's get our swimming trunks on. Yes. I'll leave that thought yeah. in your heads. But, uh, but we'll, um, we'll have another one of these at the end of the tour. Um, as, again, I think... This, this is the last one on this tour but anyway thank you very much for listening to the Manchester's Red podcast um, if you do enjoy listening to us uh, please subscribe through iTunes Audio Boom whatever your podcast uh, operator of choice and if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes that would be much appreciated as it helps uh, podcasts rankings on there thank you very much for listening we will do another one of these again very very soon